Warning. The following content has been deemed inappropriate for the radio. It may also be inappropriate for children, offices, or sensitive grandparents. Please put on your headphones or find a safe place to enjoy this Ask Me Another bonus round. Huh, is this thing on? Hey, it's Ophira. If you can hear me, I've done this right. All right. Don't tell anyone, but I got into our podcast and I'm releasing an interview from season one. I'm going rogue because this one is really great. It's the hilarious Simon Doonan, bon vivant, man about town, the creative ambassador for Barney's. That's a department store if you don't know. And he is amazing. He's a guru of everything fun and fashionable. And I interviewed him in season one, and uh, it was a little bit racy. He taught us uh, what body part Freud compared handbags to, hmm, and the secret language known as Polari. There's a lot of great stuff, so I thought you should hear it, but don't tell anyone. Mr. Simon Doonan, everybody. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Now, uh, for our listeners, Simon is wearing one of his iconic floral shirts. It's a beautiful blue and white. Yeah, give him a hand. It looks fantastic. Now, did you put on that shirt because you were like, I need to dress for radio? (laughs) Um, Yes, and that's the same reason that I put on matching panties. Oh, he's Hello. showing them to our studio audience. No, not be hilarious to have a joke like that. But that is your thing, that you always wear a floral shirt. Would you always? Maybe not always. Maybe when you're hanging well, out pe- in the house. People always ask me for um, style advice. Yes. And the only thing... I'm not a helpful person, by the way. I always... I give very bad advice. Like, run home and throw out all your work clothes or or plunge your breasts into ice cold water like i give terrible <laughs> advice to people but can I, can I ask you one question very quickly? One, <laughs> what circumstance should we be plunging our breast into well, ice cold weather that's what i mean my i i'm not that helpful gay you know like <laughs> i give very anarchic demented advice but the one useful thing that i do tell people is that um you should develop a signature flourish Okay, so it could be oversized eyewear, it could be a little scarf tied thusly, um, or it, <laughs> to the side, to the side, or it could be a flowery shirt. So you need a signature flourish because people will remember you. Oh, there's that little dude with the floral shirt. You know, <laughs> that, I often hear that when I'm walking down the street. Well, you know, I, uh, I have a lot of people commenting on my bangs. I have very specific bangs. And as I like to say, they are amazing. And uh, a lot of people... Stop and I me. think you always do a little kittenish, coquettish shoe. I always do do a little... Co- yes, I do, because I'm, I'm kind of like that. I'm like, who knows what's going to happen, but I can still run away. <laughs> now, you mentioned actually the style advice in your book about having, you know, that you should only have four or so many, like, signature items. Don't gather and hoard, like, 10,000 purses. Why not just have one really great one? Right? Well, I've question, you know, there is a mania now for buying lots and lots of purses. And um, you know what Freud said about handbags? No. He said that they were vaginal symbols. If you dreamt about handbags, um, you know, you were effectively dreaming about vaginal symbols. So I think women should keep that in mind. And. <laughs> 
come to Barney's and buy more handbags. I'm so hopeful that makes it onto the show. <laughs> Freud said it. I, I know, that's right. Uh, Okay, so you are the, I believe the title is Creative Ambassador at Large for Barneys, which makes me think you're flying around the globe to different Barneys embassies. Is that how it works? It does involve that, and it does involve wearing a sash. <laughs> and um, often when I'm in restaurants, somebody rushes up with a big Bakelite phone and says, this phone call is for you, Ambassador Doonan. So, and I... Ambassador Doonan. <laughs> That's what it involves. It's a very, it's very uh, complex. <laughs> it sounds. And I think the at large is a sort of oblique reference to my lack of height. <laughs> they give you a bigger title. Is that yeah. the idea? <laughs> so at one point, will you just be king of Barney's? Is that the way? I hope so. <laughs> yes. Do they do that? Uh, I just noticed I loved your book, and there was a because we are a word game puzzle show, and we have people on our stage that f- speak all kinds of languages. They speak uh, Elfin and uh, Klingon, binary, little French. So I was drawn to your chapter about a sort of a secret language, Polare. Polari? Yes, um, this is something maybe a lot of people don't know about um, who are listening. Um, in England, in the early part of the last century, gay people had their own language. And it was a language that was also shared by circus folk and um, theater people. Theater people. <laughs> and um, it was a sort of combination of Romany, Yiddish. And I'll give you an example. Like Bo- Varda the Bona Arm Omi with the Bona Raya and the Ogles of the Ogle Rias. Bona. See, uh, um, that I think means- I heard... Good. I yeah. thought there was a good in there. Yes, it's sort of, um, it was very useful for gay men when it was illegal to be gay, when it was, you know, you could get into a lot of trouble just for announcing your sexual proclivities. So, of course, um, having a secret language was de rigueur. Okay, not. can we, de rigueur, I love you. Um, so, you, can we dissect that compliment that yes. you bestowed? Um, I said, look at this. <laughs> Look at this attractive young man uh, um, with a nice face and uh, a lovely head of hair. And what was it in Polare again? Vada. <laughs> Vada. The Bona Omi um, with the Bona Eek. A Bona Eek? Bona Eek. A Bona Eek is, uh... is actually Cockney backslang was integrated into Polare, which is Ecaf, face backwards Ecaf. And Raya here is backslang too. So um, when I first moved to London, I got a job in a tailor shop on Savile Row, and I was a sort of minion. Um, everyone in this tailor shop, gay, straight, they all polaried all day long. Like, oh, God, look at this Omi coming in the door. You know, you know so you could insult people with polari. Um, you know, you could communicate all sorts of unsavory things to people without drawing undue attention right, to yourself. Right, just smiling through it. Yeah, without having a... to wear a green carnation, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> that, I, I don't know that whole thing, but I enjoy <laughs> thinking I might know about it. And NAF is a very... That's a, is that a Polari word, NAF? NAF is a Polari word, and it's a word that I've, over the 
I've been in America since the mid-70s, and I have consistently tried to introduce NAF into the American vocabulary because there is no equivalent of it. NAF means um, that it is an acronym for something very un-NPR. Should I okay. tell you what it is? <laughs> Where did you find out what NPR stands for? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, NAF is something like... Two gay men, say in the 1920s or 30s, they were walking down the street, and one would say to the other, Varda the Bone Omi, meaning, oh, look, look at that nice-looking guy. And the other one would say, oh, don't bother about him, he's NAF. And the acronym meant not available for... (laughs) Fun, for fun. (laughs) Fairies, (laughs) not available for fairies. So um, NAF meant... Uh, straight, and it subsequently began, then it evolved into meaning dreary. No offense, straight people. (laughs) Lacking in style. So, um, NAF then came to really mean, oh, that's a bit NAF, isn't it? Um, Did you see our shoes? They're a bit NAF. Like, so it doesn't mean tacky. It's very different from tacky. Tacky means sort of glitzy in a... In and a, out of place, and, yeah, right? Yeah, out of place, glitzy, and cheesy. And, but naff means sort of unstylish in a depressing kind of way. <laughs> so it's really a right. fabulously brutal word. A lack of word. fashion to the point of depression. Yes, like <laughs> Debbie Downer is naff. So it's actually a great word, like Rick Santorum is naff. Oh. I mean, hello. Thank you. Okay, this is a perfect intro. Now, obviously, you are stylish, fabulous, knowledgeable at all things when it comes to styles and trends. And uh, a couple things that you mentioned that were naff in your book, which I hung on to, denim sparkly jeans, bedazzled jeans. Really? Yeah, you wrote that. Uh, I love sparkly jeans. Okay, maybe. Okay, I need da- to have another, yeah, okay. Golf shirts with logos on them? Um, they're naff. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to pull that off in an ironic Brooklyn hipster way, but I'm sure someone here is trying. Because that's, that's the thing about naff is it always comes back. Like ABBA was, there was nothing naffer than ABBA in the 70s. But then really, really richly naff things can come back and have a whole new life. Reappropriated. Yeah. Their naffness can give them a whole... You know? <laughs> right, like trucker caps, when everybody in uh, yeah. Brooklyn started wearing trucker caps. Okay, so I actually asked our staff here about some of their more questionable fashion choices that they've made, either presently or in the past. Uh, and I have them here that I'd like you to judge. <laughs> now, we've removed their names to protect them, so feel free to mock away and judge however you see fit. Okay, this is a little quiz we're calling Queer Eye for the Puzzle Guy. <laughs> what, how do you feel about wearing pajamas in public? Um, well, I love any kind of eccentricity, and I think that my thing is, like, if you, have a, if you want to grow a mullet, just grow a really lustrous, long mullet. If you want to wear pajamas in public, wear pajamas all the time. Be the person that wears pajamas. So it's about confidence and conviction. (laughs) Right, there's one thing like wearing pajamas, and then there's belting pajamas, which means you're making a choice. That's what I would say. 
Uh, how do you feel? Did you see Jonathan Colton's glasses, our musician? Yes. Now, for uh, everybody else, uh, he sort of wear it's sort of 70s folk band inspired frames with purple tints to the lenses, and they are prescription. <laughs> um, Simon, go ahead. I actually noted his glasses, and I thought those glasses are great. He needs to wear them because otherwise he looks a bit too folksy. So he, no offense, um, he needs the glasses because as a musician, you must always appear a little bit loose. Loose. And those, you must, the, you know, to be a musician, a performer, your life should have some component of hedonism. Oh, you that's Lush. Lush is yeah. hedonism. Lush. I love Lush. I didn't know and, that before. Um, when you, when someone takes your picture, Lush is a great word to say. Lush. <laughs> instead of, instead of cheese, like Lush, it's much better. There's a tip. Always See, be... I am helpful. That is so helpful. Uh, how about the airbrushed happy face T-shirt that Art was wearing from a bar and mitzvah he obtained, um, you know, perhaps a decade or two ago? Um, well, I thought it was great. I would like to see it with um, some kind of happy face. You know, those wrestler pants that are really <laughs> wide. And, okay, again, a slight lack of conviction. Like anything, all bets are off, eccentricity is great, you've got to like really go over the top, turn up the volume, more happy faces. More commitment. Commitment, commitment. darling, hello. Okay, and lastly, a suede fringed cowboy jacket worn by a seven foot, sorry, six foot seven inches giant of a man who may also share the stage with us. Um, I'm assuming he's wearing it with nothing else, right? <laughs> You're right, that would be the only acceptable way to wear it. Yeah, absolutely, with really long fringe. <laughs> Simon, I really feel you've given us a great deal of advice. You are unbelievably helpful. I want to say loosh all night long, frankly. <laughs> Give him a hand and we'll walk you over to you. seek him here they seek him there his clothes are loud but never square it will make or break him so he's got to buy the best cause he's a dedicated follower of fashion Hope you enjoyed that. And Simon Doonan's husband is potter, designer and color enthusiast Jonathan Adler. And guess what? He is also a very important puzzler on our next episode. So you can catch it here on our podcast starting January 9th. All the latest fancy trends, cause he's a dedicated...